Shana Tova. My name's Rabbi Neil Jaynes and this podcast is a reflection on Judaism, on Torah and on life. And as I sit here today with the smell of Erev Rosh Hashanah cooking in the background, I'm reflecting on the nature of Rosh Hashanah and what it means to us. And I wanted to share with you a few thoughts that I put together as a sermon only it's not even being delivered in person this year under these coronavirus circumstances, so I thought I would share it with you here as well. Now, many of you will know the famous story of the Maharal of Prague and his golem, the lump of clay that he animated to be a living but not human being. Now, this is a legend. We have no sense that it was true, even described of the Maharal in his own time in the 16th century. It was probably a later attribution to him. But the stories have power. And so the story goes that through mystical incantations and writing the word emet, truth, on its head, the golem came to life, the lump of clay came to life. And when he wanted it to go to sleep, the maharal would wipe off the letter aleph from the word emet, because that left the word mate, death. The power of the stories of the golem and the maharal, the chief rabbi of Prague, are manifold. But at its core, we're dealing with the question of what it means to be human, to extend beyond animation, to animate a lump of clay into consciousness and conscience. That's why these stories of human beings making humans are so fascinating to us, whether it's Frankenstein's monsters or the latest robotic AI. What does it mean to be human? That's what's at stake on this Rosh Hashanah when, according to tradition, the first human being was created. In Genesis Rabbah, a collection of rabbinic interpretations on the book of Genesis, perhaps from the 5th century, we read of the moment in which that first human being goes from being a lump of clay to a living, breathing person. And the rabbis imagine how that happens, how that transition occurs from being an inanimate lump of earth into being a living, breathing person. The rabbis comment on the verse, which is from Genesis 2, verse 7, that this teaches that this idea that God breathed into the man, his, into his nostrils, teaches that God set up a golem, a lump of clay from earth to heaven, and threw into it breath. Something unique and profound happens when we have breathed into us the breath of God we become human. The act of breathing is a reminder of the divine spark or the image of God in which we have been created. And so we come back to the Maharal and his golem. The golem of the story is animated with the word emet, truth, not with the breath of God. Because this, of course, is a human endeavour, not a divine project. In a different midrash, emet, truth, is cast by God to the ground in the midst of an argument over whether human beings should be created. And with truth cast to the earth, God creates us. The divine retinue in this Midrash asks God, why have you despised your seal? Let truth spring up from the ground. The moment of creation of humankind is a moment in which truth and the true nature of our character as human beings must be overridden. Because the rabbis are asking in their interpretation, are we worthy of being created, given our negatives? Truth is left to recover from the ground. In a fascinating chain of stories about the evil inclination, 
the rabbinic incarnation of our human tendencies to err, to idolise, to sin, the Babylonian Talmud describes a rabbinic anti-fairy tale. The rabbis imagine they can capture the evil inclination, kicking and screaming and put it into a box, solve all their problems about what it means to be a human being that errs. When Rav, or perhaps Rabbi Yochanan, cries aloud to God about the sage's desire to overcome the evil inclination, a letter falls from heaven, and written upon it is one word, Emet, truth, which Rav Hanina says is the seal of God. To be human is to have a choice, to wish we didn't, but to resolve to recognise the truth of our human condition and strive to be better. The seal of God is a reminder of our humanity. We are not inscribed with truth like the golem, one letter of the alphabet away from death. We are rather entrusted with the breath of all life. The delicate and confusing condition of being human is in balance, and we have a responsibility to God's seal, truth. In the morning liturgy, every day in some prayer books, there is a phrase that reads, a human being should always be in awe of heaven in private as well as in public. Acknowledge the truth and speak the truth in one's heart, rising early and saying, Ribbon kol ha'olamim. Now, the Ribbon passage may have been an early conversion by Rabbi Yochanan on Yom Kippur, but this opening intention, the kavanah, to speak the truth in our heart, is a quote from Psalm 15. What does it mean? It's quite fundamentally what is at stake on Rosh Hashanah. Now I know there's a lot going on out in the world for us to contend with and many of my colleagues will be speaking eloquently and movingly about our experience of coronavirus, of racism, of many other environmental challenges, of the world being very difficult to live in at the moment. But for me, Rosh Hashanah is not about the state of the nation, but the state of our souls, the souls animated by the breath of all life. Bachia Ibn Pekuda in the 11th century in Spain, in his introduction to his duties of the heart, reflects on the purpose of duties of the heart and writes, you should realise that the aim and value of the duties of the heart is that our exterior and our interior be equal and consistent in the service of God, so that testament, the testimony of the heart, tongue and limbs be alike, and that they support and confirm each other instead of differing and contradicting each other. This is what scripture calls tamim, innocent or perfect, and that's why the verse in Psalm 15, one who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart, is relevant. To acknowledge the truth, is to live with integrity, is how I understand Bahia Ibn Pakuda's uh, commentary. And the truth we're talking about here is not the latest proposition by a politician. It's that our inside and the outside of our lives should be consistent and equal. To be moved by the impression of the seal of God is not only to establish a world based on justice, truth and peace, as we read in Pekar Vot. Those external matters are important, but it is also to live a life of integrity, such that one's exterior and interior are equal and consistent. In the 11th century, Bakhya ibn Pakuda touches on that great challenge of what it means to be human, that we should walk uprightly, our external character, 
we should do righteous deeds, our external actions, and we should speak the truth in our heart. It should all line up with our inner world that only you, we and God know and understand. What's at stake is our humanity. We have work to do on ourselves, the lies we tell ourselves and the lies we tell others, the untruths we live with and the untruths we persuade ourselves to believe about our characters. To be human is not to have been animated by the truth. On the contrary, we are created despite the truth. We are not man-made golems that can be extinguished by a letter. We are prone to err, to sin, to falsehood. We cannot capture our undesirable inclinations and put them in a box, for then we would not be human. Rosh Hashanah is one part of the Jewish approach to coming to terms with this and changing. And so this Rosh Hashanah, when we hear the Shofar, we are reminded of Maimonides' 12th century code of law, the Mishneh Torah, on the meaning of the Shofar. Its blast is symbolic, Maimonides writes, as if saying, you that slumber bestir yourselves from your sleep, and you slumbering emerge from your slumber, examine your conduct, turn in repentance, and remember your Creator. And then he goes on to say, they that forget the truth because of the vanities of the times, who err all their years by pursuing vanity and idleness, which are of neither benefit nor of salvation, care for your souls. Improve your ways and your tendencies. Let each one of you abandon your evil path and your thought which is not pure. It is therefore necessary for every person, he continues, to behold yourself throughout the year as if you are in light of being evenly balanced between innocence and guilt, and look upon the entire world as if evenly balanced between innocence and guilt. Thus, if you commit one sin, you will overbalance yourself and the whole world to the side of guilt and be a cause of its destruction. But if you perform one duty, behold, you will overbalance yourself and the whole world to the side of virtue and bring about your own and their salvation and escape. For Maimonides, the world is in balance. This Rosh Hashanah, our souls are at stake. Our world is at stake. The truth and integrity of our lives, both exterior and interior, must be congruent with each other. That's what we seek for ourselves, to be fully human at this Rosh Hashanah. To be congruent, to have integrity, to seek the truth in our hearts. So I wish you a Shana Tovah, Umetuka, a good and a sweet new year, a time of health, a time of support, and a time of community. And Shana Tovah.